Hello everybody and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I'm the host and I'm the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you want to find out more about that, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk where you can find out about my services. Just a small hint, I am an asset manager, I'm a chartered surveyor and those are the services that I provide. So go and have a look at that. If you need that in your portfolio, you need somebody who's going to help you to keep building, those are the services that I provide. So go to ncrealestate.co.uk. Oh, where to begin today? So I have done something that I have never done before. I recorded this podcast yesterday and then I had a couple more meetings today and thought, Do you know what? I'm going to give the updated version rather than waiting another week. So here's what I've done. On YouTube, I have put out the abridged version that I recorded yesterday. And today on the podcast, I'm just going to put out the longer version. So always listen to the podcast rather than YouTube because we put out the shorter versions on YouTube. So I have taken some time. I'm finished meetings for today. I've cleared my inbox. Everything is feeling really good. And I'm sat in the comfiest chair that I can find in the house. I've got the animals around me. So if there's any barking, that's just part and parcel of my day-to-day life. I don't record in the studio anymore. So it feels like when I record here, I have to really figure out all of these (laughs) things to do whilst um, I'm trying to create a quiet space. And today I give up on that. I'm just going to tell you uh, what's been going on for me, how everything is, and some really exciting things that are going on in the industry, some not so great things that I'm seeing in the industry, and just a general update of everything that's going on. So let's start with the fact that, wow, it's election season. And Obviously, there was an election in the US on Tuesday. Voting has now finished and they're still counting votes. It's hopefully looking like a Biden win. But the fact that there's even a question over democracy is so frustrating. I mean, Donald Trump is just an absolute nightmare. An absolute nightmare. I cannot believe that he's bringing democracy into question. It is so effing frustrating. So we're sat over here on tenderhooks. I have CNN in the car and we we watch different news on TV here. I try and turn it off as much as I can, but it's interesting to see what the outcome is going to be, especially for us because it has such an implication on our visas. Over the last couple of weeks, we are trying to update our visas. So we're trying to change to a green card so at least we can travel but obviously there's long waiting times on that and at the moment with our non-permanent visas we can't travel I know there's lockdown in the UK as well so we wouldn't be able to get back into the UK right now but it would be seriously nice to come home to visit our families or at least get them out here to see us and that's something that has uh, really weighed heavy on my mind because as much as I was try and play really strong. That's the one thing I would really love for our families to be able to come out and see us or for us to get home. It still doesn't look possible for the end of the year, but hopefully in the new year, that's something that we 
we can work on and we'll be able to get people out to see us or we get home depending on the visa situation um I know there's a lockdown in the UK at the moment. I'm not oblivious to that. And I know it's really, really impacting a lot of people. So do stay safe. Hopefully, the outcome of this lockdown is whatever Boris Johnson wanted to happen. Because obviously, as soon as lockdown's over, we then go into the Christmas period. But then the outcome of Brexit has to happen. And we have no idea what that's going to be, what that holds, what's coming there. So it feels a little bit like everything is on tender hooks. We don't quite know what's going to happen. So I do feel for you. Um, and I hope that you do stay safe and healthy during this time. Okay, like next up, what has been happening with me? Well, this is actually really exciting. So I have been thinking a lot about what my next project is, what we do going forward. And it started occurring to me that we are paying huge amounts of money for this Airbnb in Charleston. It's roughly about $4,000 a month, which is huge. It's a beautiful house though. It's on the lake, four bedrooms, gorgeous. But it made me wonder how much is the owner making from this? How much seriously are they getting from it? And I started having a look around at houses in the local area, which are roughly about $400,000 to $500,000 for a similar size. This one that we're staying in right now isn't the best layout, but you know, it's fine. Beggars can't be choosers. I wanted to be on a lake. We're in a great location, very close to the local supermarket and a Starbucks and good takeaways. So we, we are fine. And we're only roughly eight to 10 minutes away from downtown Charleston. So it's a really quick drive in. And the same again to the local beaches, the good local beaches. There are tiny local beaches close to us, but um, that are only a couple of miles away. Um, but the big beaches aren't that far away either. So we are in a great location. And it got me thinking, could we do that? Could we do that ourselves? Rather than paying someone else this huge amount of money for Airbnb, is that something that was accessible to us? So at the end of uh, last week, end of last week, beginning of this week, when we were driving back from Florida, we were in Florida last weekend for uh, Chris's work. So we'd driven down there and on the way back, I was thinking, okay, well, what can I do? Should I find out if we could get finance just on a whim? I thought, I'll be brave and I'll just ask. And I've been following an account on Instagram for a very long time called Lively Charleston Properties. And they have beautiful properties on there. And I thought, I'll reach out. I'll explain our situation. We're on non-permanent visas. But we've been in the US now for about two years. Would there be any possibility of us getting any sort of finance? Not expecting anything major to come from this. That really wasn't what I was hoping for. I just wanted to see some facts. What were we aiming for when we're in America? So sent them the DM and Ali came back to me and she said, hey, Natasha, I've got a finance broker who really specializes in this sort of thing. Let me introduce you, go and see him and see what he has to say. So I got the email through and I got the details of the, the um, finance broker and he said, Natasha, why don't you guys come and meet me? I have not been to a face-to-face -face meeting with, you know, to look at new opportunities 
in forever. Remember, we were just in New York and New York was on lockdown for seven months. And whilst I was uh, by the end of the summer able to go and see the development that we were doing in New Jersey, I really wasn't able to have meetings or go to meetings. And in Charleston now, you can go to meetings um, just with one other person and as long as you're wearing a face covering. So I was like, yes, I can go to an in-person meeting. That was the first thing. It was just incredible to think, wow, I get to go to a meeting. Yes. Okay. So I booked in to go and see this broker on Tuesday evening. I said to Chris, you have to come. Let's just explore it. Let's see what we can do out here. So we went to the meeting, not really expecting anything, just thinking, do you know what? We'll just see. And we took all of our details, our visa details, our social security numbers, um, details of income, where we lived, all of that kind of information. And we sat there and we went went through it with this broker. And again, we weren't expecting anything big to come of it. We were expecting that we were going to be told that we needed a massive deposit. Interest rates were going to be high because we are immigrants and that we wouldn't be able to afford anything yet, that we had something to work towards. And then the broker came back with a 30-year mortgage product at 2.875%. And he said to us, you only have to put down a 5% deposit. It was mad. And we can borrow now up to 400,000 pounds. $400,000, (laughs) sorry. And it's only going to cost us £27,464. Dollars. Gosh. Dollars to buy a $400,000 property. And with the the 95% mortgage, uh, you have to take out mortgage uh, insurance with this up until the point that you pay down till you get your 20%. But the total cost of this mortgage, which would be repayment versus interest, plus insurance for the property, um, plus the tax, the insurance, the mortgage tax, or the the mortgage insurance for that high loan to value, plus all of the other costs of owning the house, would come out to be around $2,000 a month. So then we asked, well, could we do Airbnb with this? And the broker said, yeah, you were able to do Airbnb with this property, uh, this mortgage. All you would need to do is find a property in an area where Airbnb was allowed. Well, that then became a no-brainer because if we were spending $2,000 a month but getting $4,000 a month in, well, that's a $2,000 a month profit. That is just honestly something that we'd not even dreamed would be accessible to us right now. So overnight, the broker, the finance broker published us um, uh, the approval that we would get finance. And you need to do that first in America before you can go out and start looking at properties. You have to show the realtors that you have finance before they'll allow you to see anything or put an offer in. That was approved overnight. And then I thought to myself, oh, wow, now I can go ahead and start looking at my next project. You know me, I cannot sit here and do nothing. And I was feeling like I was stagnating. I mean, we've only been here a month, right? And 
I didn't have a project to go out and do. So now I do have a project to go out and see. I have a budget of $400,000 to find myself a property that would make a really good holiday rental as well as a home for us for a little bit of time. So that is what I'm searching for right now. I have specific requirements. And the specific requirements come from the fact that Chris and I travel a lot. So we always use Airbnbs and we love bringing our animals with us. So it's got to be animal friendly. We drive a Tesla. So I want a garage that we can put electric charging in. We want at least four bedrooms so that we can have a couple of offices as well, as well as some spare bedrooms. And it's got to be within walking distance of a coffee shop and a small supermarket. And the reason being for that is that if you've ever been to America, you know that you could end up in a suburb which is miles away from any sort of amenities. But we want that on our doorstep so that you don't have to drive everywhere the whole time. So Today, I had a meeting downtown with um, Ali from Lively Charleston Properties, the lady that I'd contacted on Instagram, and I went through that search requirement with her. And I am so excited that we're going to be able to go out and do viewings. I literally cannot wait. It's got me buzzing. I feel so good this Friday afternoon. It is, it's literally just changed my perspective. No, we can't travel. And that really does frustrate me. But Oh my gosh, imagine if I could get my teeth into another project. Oh, it's like my favorite thing to do. So watch this space. This is something that is now ongoing. I will keep you updated on. Next up, the ugly and property investment reared its head this week. Ugh. There is only six degrees of separation in property. I firmly believe that chances are that I will have seen a property, having worked on a property, have worked with someone who's involved in the property. That's always what happens. You know, it's a small world. You know someone who knows somebody. And that really did raise its head this week. So I had someone to get in contact with me who used to live next door to me when... I was a child, so I had not seen this person for many, many years and got in contact with me out of the blue. And they said, oh, I know that you invest in Bath. Would you like to invest with a big developer? And not to be rude, I do entertain a conversation. I said, yes, tell me what you're doing. What do you want investment for? And they came back and explained to me that they were doing developments with flats in them in Bath. They'd done previous developments. So I thought, okay, right, before I invest in anything, I am going to check these people out. So I did. I did a bit of Googling. And turns out that they had done a development in the next door building to a building that I'd been looking at in Woolacombe very rare that I'd even be looking at anything out there. So I don't think that's my normal patch, but I'd been advising some of the leaseholders about a service charge dispute between them and the neighboring property, these developers. And during the development, the developers had taken over the car park of 
the leaseholders block that I was acting for. So the leaseholders didn't have any car parking space. And then the developer had proceeded to use their common parts to store materials. Um, it got incredibly dusty. They actually, this, the leaseholders use their apartment as holiday lets. And they weren't able to do that for a period of time because the developers had caused so much chaos that it just wasn't accessible, which is horrendous. Anyway, what ended up happening was compensation was agreed for all of the problems caused during development from the developer to the leaseholders, which seemed okay. Apart from over the last couple of months, the developer has told the leaseholders that they do not have the money to pay the compensation. So without knowing it, this person has got in contact with me and said, hey, would you like to invest in um, our firm? We're going to be doing these projects. Do you want to get involved? N not knowing that I would have worked on this project in Woolacombe where they were the developer of the neighboring building and they have not honored an agreement because they financially can't afford it. And it's the equivalent of... 10 to 20,000 pounds, really that's all the equivalent is, and they financially can't afford to pay that. So either they are financially unstable or they're not trustworthy because they have agreed via solicitors to pay this compensation and now they're not doing it. So this person was badgering me to get on the phone, wanted all of the directors to get on the phone with me, find out how much money they could raise from me and my investors and see whether I wanted to get involved. And it got to a stage where I thought to myself, I can't even have a conversation with you. If you seriously, as a development firm, can't afford 10 to 20,000 pounds, then you can't afford to look after my money and put development up. Hell no, not getting involved. So I wrote an email back and I said, well, it's been great to hear from you, but unfortunately, I understand that you've not been able to pay compensation on this other property. And the reason being is you said that you can't afford it. Therefore, I could not in good faith invest in you or ask my investors to invest in you because you're either financially unstable or completely untrustworthy. All the best for the future. Lesson here, the reason I'm telling you this is because you need to be aware that we are in strange times, uncertain times, difficult times, and that is making people try and do things to get money and be all positive and excited when actually they are just failing. Me investing with those people would have probably bankrupted me. They would never have given that money back. And luckily, I know the building that they're working on and I know their history. They would not have known that I'd known that when they contacted me. Obviously, they don't do their research. I do my research. I keep notes. What I really want for you is to not get involved in the ugly side of this industry. I mean, how clutching at straws does this person have to be to have dug through the depths of their contact list to find somebody that they knew when they were 11? Like, that is an awfully long time ago to be digging through the barrels to try and find someone who's going to finance them, right? 
not knowing that I would have worked on this property. So they did not know what they were getting into. But it's bizarre. They will now go to any length to try and find money to prop themselves up. If it seems like somebody is getting in contact with you and asking for money, and they seem a bit dodgy, or you don't know why they would have got in contact with you, just don't go there at the moment. Developers are really struggling, really struggling. If they've not left enough of a profit margin in to cope with lockdowns and the fact that materials may be delayed or they can't have as many people on site, they are going to fall over. And you do not want to be a part of that. Please do your due diligence. Look at development appraisals. See what the sites are that they're trying to do and follow that. This is the ugly side of the industry. It really is. People who get desperate and they would do anything to get your money and then spend it without having any regard for getting you your money back and potentially going under. We're seeing this across the board. We see developers fold all of the time. More and more development sites are coming back to the market. Don't just invest with your eyes closed. Always, always, always do your due diligence. And if it doesn't feel right, just don't invest. It is as simple as that. So that is the ugly side of the market. Let's have a look at, I want to call this the bad side of the market, but I don't think it's bad for investors. I think it's bad for homeowners that, okay, so we're in lockdown right now in the UK. Fine. That is a circumstance. It is what it is. But there's also this underlying thing that's going on at the moment where homeowners are trying to upsize because of the stamp duty relief that's going on at the moment. But there's a problem with this. And the problem is, is that buying a house in the UK at the moment is taking so long because lenders are working at home. They're not as quick with the underwriting process. Um, searches are taking longer than usual because people are you know, the, again, people are working at home, local councils are working from home. So it's difficult for them to get into the archives to dig out the searches. So this is delaying everything. And by the end of this month, so we're in November, by the end of November, solicitors are forecasting that if deals haven't been agreed, there really isn't much hope of getting that over the line before the stamp duty um, period comes to an end, the stamp duty relief period comes to an end. Just because we get to December, we've then got that two-week period where most things close down and then things start moving but slower at the start of the year and then they pick up. But with the delays in lending, the delays in searches, that's meaning that house sales are taking three to four months to go through. Well, come December, three to four months takes us into April time and the stamp duty relief comes to an end at the end of March. And at the moment, there's no evidence that the government is going to extend that. So that's bad for homeowners who will probably start dropping out of the market once they realise that they're not going to get deals over the line, or they'll start aborting sales because they realise that they won't get deals over the line. Because what's happened is they've probably offered over the odds for the property because they are gaining with the stamp duty relief, you know making sensible decisions like that. So whilst that is bad for people moving home, it's good for investors because 
right now, what you need to be thinking is, okay, maybe I won't get a great deal this month, but because I'm at home and more and more agents are doing online viewing, so virtual viewings, which are great, you can start putting aside 30 minutes each day. <coughs> Excuse me. And in that 30 minutes, what you want to be doing is searching for properties that match your goal. So my philosophy is going back to my property investment success cycle, which is what I discuss in the members club. That is my formula, my success formula. You start with your goals. You then work out where are you today? How, where are your goals and what's the difference? The difference you then map out via a dream portfolio. And that dream portfolio and your current portfolio, we put into a cash flow. And then what you've got is a shopping list of the properties that you need to buy next, plus how you're going to finance them. So you've got your shopping list, you've got your finance, you know exactly how you're going to build this portfolio over the time that you want to. Yeah, that is my success formula. Then with your shopping list, you then start looking at finding those properties. And so how do you do that? Well, you take the purchase price that you want to pay for it and you take the rental income and you go and find that property. Now, every day, half an hour, you need to be looking for that property, doing those virtual viewings, contacting the agent if it's a deal that works and saying, hey, would, you, would your seller want to sell it to me for X amount of money? Now, chances are they'll come back and say no, but that's okay. The more no's you get, the more likely to, you're, you are to get a yes. I'll say that again. The more no's you get, the more likely you are to get a yes. So just keep doing that process. Try and get as many no's as possible. Aim for, what, 500 no's because chances are you'll get a yes. And if you don't, at least what you can say to the agent is, okay, that's fine. But if they do want to accept that, tell them to come back to me. And the closer we get to November and into December, you're going to start finding that people say yes to things. So whilst this is bad, as I said, for people moving house right now, this is good for investors. This is the sort of strategy that you need to be playing. Play the market. It is so, 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 so vital right now. And and the really good news, I am still seeing really great deals going through. We had uh, a no money down deal go through in the members club this month. <gasps> Can you believe it? It's these things that um, people talk about all the time. Now, these are unicorn deals, right? This isn't an everyday deal. This is a unicorn deal. But I do want to tell you about it so that you know it's possible. So. One of my, and I'm, you can hear my notebook flipping because I take notes on everything. I want to give you the right information. Okay. Here we go. So one of my members in the members club has just bought a £170,000 property without putting any money in it. Let me tell you how that works. So this is a gifted equity property. The member agreed to buy the property off of his 
wife's sister. Okay. And the property purchase price was agreed at £120,000. And the reason for that was because the person who he was buying off of didn't want anything higher. They just needed to get rid of this property really quickly. And then the agreement was that a relative of the seller needed to move into this property. So there's also a tenant lined up as well. So this was then a gifted equity. The value of the property is £170,000. The purchase price was agreed at £120,000 because um, the reason for this as well was that the seller had paid off their mortgage. This is an unencumbered property. They only needed £120,000 out of it. So they were more than happy to sell it at that price. So there was gifted equity in it of £50,000. Now you can do gifted equity with friends and family. Um, and this means that you agree the purchase price at that lower value and that friend or family member gifts you the equity, which is the difference between market value and the price that they're selling you the property for. And in this case, that was £50,000. West Brom mortgages agreed to this gifted equity at a 3.4% five-year fixed mortgage, and this was for a limited company. So at completion, West Brom paid out 75% of £170,000. So that more than covers the purchase price of £120,000. In fact, I'll do the calculation. Westbourne Mortgages actually paid out 127,500, which paid for stamp duty, paid for solicitors, and there was a little bit left over. How cool is that? The long and short of that is you need to be looking for friends, family that are selling who would be willing to give you a little bit of gifted equity and use that as one of your strategies. There we have it, a unicorn, no money down property. That is a case study from in the members club. This is the sort of thing that we do over here. We find solutions. If someone presents a property deal to you, you go find a solution for that. Fabulous, absolutely fabulous. That is the good stuff behind <laughs> property investing. Sometimes these deals come along and they are too good to be true. So incredible. I wanted to tell you about that. All right. That is the good, the bad and the ugly at, in property investment right now. Hopefully you've got some ideas. You know where not to invest right now, i.e. desperate, dodgy, developers, do your due diligence, make sure that uh, developers have enough cash in the bank to finance properties and they're not going to uh, take your money and never give you a uh, return on that or not give you a property, you know. You basically don't want to walk away worse off than you were when you go into it. Two, you've got a strategy for how to stay resilient. You want to be trying to get as many no's on your offers as you possibly can with the aim that come November, well, not November, the aim by December or January, people start saying yes because they're desperate to sell to you. And I've just shared with you a no money down deal that actually happened 
this week. How incredible. How incredible. Okay, there we have it. This week's podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a lot from it. I've covered so many topics here. These are strategies for you to use to go forward. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you've liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review it so that more people find this goodness. And if you're listening to this, please share it on social media and tag me in it at Natasha C. Collins. If you put it in your Instagram story, I promise you I will share it in mine too. So make sure that you're doing it. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.